Hello and welcome to the Scottish Fantasy Football Community Podcast. My name is Thomas and today I will be talking to two people. Uh, first up is Donny Robb from the Half Hour Fantasy Podcast. He is our Rangers expert in this this series and then after that we have FFS Whiskey. He is also someone that if you're sort of in and around the fantasy football Scotland community that you probably have heard of as a result of his sort of injury lists that he did the last season. And before we go on with the first interview, I'm quickly going to plug our social medias. You can find us at sffantasy.com on Twitter. And then, as both me and Harry have said, we've set up our own individual accounts. Um, I'm at Thomas SFFC, and Harry is at Harry SFFC. Who'd have thunk it? Anyway, on to the first interview. So yeah, in this section, I'll be speaking to Donny. I think similar to in a similar situation to Josh. If you know who we are, you almost definitely know who Donny is. Um, we did me and Harry both did a podcast with him and Peter from the Half Hour Fantasy Pods, and I'll quickly let him introduce himself. Hi there. Yep. So uh, I'm Donny, one third of the Half Hour Fantasy Pod team. Um, at FFS underscore Donny on Twitter. I keep after remind myself because I changed it um, over the closed season. So yeah, you, you may be familiar with my voice um, if you listen to the pod. Um, I am a, a Rangers fan, so I like talking about Rangers. To, to do this with you is um, quite easy for me. Um, happy to do it. So yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, just like we have done with everyone. We got you to send in a team. So I think we'll start off there. Um, goalkeepers. At first, it was expected that it was going to be McLaughlin in goals, but it seems to, at least in your opinion, have swayed a little bit recently. Why is that? I think just the way preseason has panned out, McLaughlin did have the gloves. And until the weekend of the Spurs game, I would have committed to saying McLaughlin would could be the starting goalie. But McGregor got the start in that game. And that just leaves, you know, it was a strong team that we fielded against Spurs. And that just leads me to believe that potentially McGregor will start the season. Uh, I think just the way he signed his new contract, you probably don't sign it just to sit in the bench. Um so I think he's likely to be first choice. McLaughlin understudy. It's probably not one from a fantasy football point of view that we need to worry about because you're not going to tend to choose an old firm player in the goalkeeping position. But if anybody wants to take a dabble, for me, I think McGregor, just because he played the Spurs game and he's had this one-year extension, will be the, the first choice keeper. Fair enough. Right, moving on to defence. <clears throat> I don't think there's even any point about talking about Tavernier, just gaming your team. Um, Centre-backs. Uh, you've picked Goldson as this, the more nailed out of the three potentials. Mm-hmm. Um, but 4.6, he is quite pricey. Would you recommend him ahead of Sir or Davies, or would you even recommend having a second Rangers defender? 
I think you can go um, double Rangers defence, but at the same time, you're probably going to miss out on some better options in midfield. Uh, I think with Goldson, what you get is minutes. You know, the guy played pretty much every game last season and in Europe, so you're guaranteed minutes. Um, he will score um, from time to time, um, so he's quite good in that respect. I think with the other options that you've mentioned, Suter and Davies, I think they will rotate with each other um, rather than Goldson. Um, that being said, if you've got Tavernier and Goldson, that's over £10 million, um, in defence, probably closer to £11 million, um, that you're going to tie up. It would be quite difficult um, then to have a balanced team. But Goldson is solid. Um, he is a good defender. Um, he is a good point scorer uh, within Fantasy Football Scotland. Uh, and for me, it's all about minutes, and you're guaranteed that with, with Goldson. Fair enough. Um, moving on to the left back then, uh, Barisic was not last season, but the season before that, Tavernier-esque, but he dropped off last season, and the Rangers have gone and signed um, the Turkish wing uh, wing back Yilmaz. Do you see Barisic still being a starter, or do you think Yilmaz will be chucked in straight away? I don't think he'll be chucked in straight away just because, well, he's only just signed um, and with the season starting at the weekend. I don't think there's enough time to to, to get him in there. Um, it's also a difficult pitch at Livingston, so probably not the, the game that you want to introduce him. Barisic, by his own standards, probably had a poor season last year. Um, he was ultimately replaced with Bassey um, and probably got it back because then Bassey moved to, to centre-half. Um, but he's probably held accountable for the 3-0 defeat against Celtic um, and his form just really dipped. But in saying that, this season, he has shown you know the, the, the form that he was in. Um, the season before, he's got a World Cup to look forward to. I'm sure he'll be keen to, to get into that Croatia squad. Um, for the World Cup, but Rangers have set their stall out. They've signed a 21-year-old Turkish international who has, you know, he's won the league. He's got Champions League experience, a five-year deal. You know, that to me is your number one um, starting um, left back. So for me, he will be the nailed-on player. It's just with the season coming so close, I think Bassett starts, um, and that's why I sort of chose it that way. Fair enough. So when it when it start when it like the the seasons progressed a bit, you think Gilmaz at three point three, for maybe not quite guaranteed minutes, could be a bit of a bargain for an old farm player. I think so. I I think the style of play that the Rangers are hoping to introduce this season is going to be more attacking. Um, you're going to have your overlapping fullbacks. We've got wingers on both sides now um, that could cause trouble. And I think somebody like Yilmaz at 3.3 is a fantastic bargain. So whilst I'm saying that some, you know, there might be better premium options elsewhere in the pitch, if Yilmaz starts to take off, then between him and Tavernier, I think that is an option that you can you can take. So I think it's going to be quite exciting. Um, we've got high hopes for Rangers this season. Fair enough. Right, moving on to the midfield. Like a lot of teams in the SPL, Rangers play a sort of 4-3-3. So we'll go sort of at the, the, the base of this midfield. You've gone for 
Lundstrom and Kamara, do you see them being nailed on? Or do you see them maybe being rotated with players like Arfield? Uh, I, yeah, I think Lundstrom is probably the most nailed on. I think Van Bronckhurst really rates him. Um, was probably out of favour before Christmas um, and then really came into his own in the second half of the season. Um, some of his performances in Europe um, really, really helped um, raise his profile. So I think he is a stick-on um, in terms of playing in that central role. Kamara will, will probably get the nod ahead of Jack, I think, who's probably the other player who'd, who'd be contesting that spot. Jack is coming off the back of some injuries. Um, and, you know, he, he, him and Kamara will, will probably get rotated. You've still got Stephen Davis at the club who, who can also play in that position. But for me, I think it's Lundstrom Kamara. And again, they both started against Spurs, which to me is probably an indication that he's looking for those two to, to combine together. Fair enough. So if you were to pick between one of them, would you say that Lundstrom is definitely more nailed than Kamara? Because if there's any keen listeners out there, if they listen to the podcast that me and Harry joined you for, you did the player profile and it was on Kamara. Yeah, um, so I've been a big supporter of Kamara um, and he does have value within fantasy football from a minutes point of view, from a passing, his passing stats are, are up there. He gets bonus points every time. And he's going to get clean sheet points as well. So he does get consistently good points he's not prolific goal scorer or assists but he will pop up you know two or three times a season if you just left him there you would probably get a good haul over the course of the season Lundstrom is a similar type of player to that um, probably get tackle points as well um, neither are prolific in front of goal and that's probably why you wouldn't lean towards them um, Good footballers in their own rights, but from a fantasy perspective, maybe not ones that you would immediately choose. But that's not to say that there isn't value. You know, if you're struggling for cash and you want a, a Rangers asset in there, you will pick up points for these guys. Fair enough. Okay. Moving slightly forward, further forward, you've got Lawrence at the sort of the, the top of the midfield or almost the base of the attack. Yeah, so we've got a gap here that um, Arebo probably filled um, sort of the number 10 spot um, that might you know, make late runs into the box, things like that. And I think Tom Lawrence um, fits that bill. Um, Darby, Darby fans really liked him. Uh, I think the only reason he's, he's left is because of their financial situation. So we're getting a good player that has a good pedigree. And I think he could have a good season. Um, he is a midfielder, but he's a goal-scoring midfielder. Um, so for me, he's one that would quite happily fit in my team. Um, he has scored and assisted. He's had a good preseason. Um, so for me, he's he's ready to go. Um, he's got the backup to him is probably Tillman um, in our field um, for that kind of role. Um, I think again, Lawrence has, has started a lot of the games, and he'd be the one. Um, to go for he's 5.3 million my memory serves me right and to me that's quite good value um, for somebody who could get you goals um, and assists uh, from midfield so he's one that I would I would probably have in my team from the off Fair enough okay then 
going out wide. Um, at left wing, you've put Ryan Kent. I think his struggles from last season are well documented um, because of how how much of a contrast that was to the season before. Do you see him hitting the same heights as the Invincible season or do you think it'll be similar to last? I think, I think the way that Rangers are going to set up this season is they're going to be more attacking and where we have strengthened is in the forward positions. Um, some of the players have already mentioned, Lawrence, Tillman, Matondo, um, Kolak up front. They've all been brought in with a purpose to you know, create more um, up front and, and to get more goals. So I think Kent could be revived just with the way that Rangers are going to play. Uh, he had a poor season in the SPFL, but he did have a good season in Europe. Um, I think he can recreate that uh, and hopefully the way that we play, he, he can find that form. At six million, he probably is a touch overpriced. He's the most expensive midfielder in the game. And if you were to mirror that against last season, he, he probably is overpriced when you think of somebody like Jota, um, who, who would have had a better season, better returns, is priced at 5.8. Then Kent probably is overpriced uh, from that perspective. But you're getting a good player. Um, we'll get assists and we'll get you goals. So if you've picked them, then I wouldn't have any concerns. Um, we do have a lot of attacking options this season and, and Kent is one of them. Fair enough. Um, just because you brought up Jota, um, Jota is able to sort of play out on the left and the right. So he's, as Josh said, almost nailed for minutes. Does Kent have much opposite, or, um, not opposition, but competition for his position? I don't think so much because you've got likes of Scott Wright who, who could play in that role. Um, Fashion Sakala um, could come in and, and play on that side as well. I think you will probably see Kent hold that position. I don't think he's got a lot of competition um, for his spot. So from a minute's point of view, he should be okay. Um, I think he is a, a safe a safe one to hang your hat on. Fair enough. So you think he was more an unfortunate season last season than anything else, and he's going to return to his price tag-esque? Yeah, yeah. I think, as I say, I think the way Rangers are going to play, the the going to look to get more goals from from midfield and up front. You know, when Morelos was out injured, we didn't really have a suitable alternative to go to because Roof um, had similar injury problems and we had, you know, were resorted to playing Aribo up front. Um, that is now gone. With the signings that we've made, I think we are better, uh, better equipped um, in the forward positions. So I think Kent could have a better season. We've got a target man up front while Morelos is... Um, out in Kolak, so that itself um, could be better for him in terms of getting crosses into the box and creating opportunities. So, okay, since you brought him up, we will speak about Kolak. Um, we'll probably actually talk about Kolak through Alfredo Morelos. How long is Morelos out for? Do you think before he starts? So he's back. He is back training. Um, I think you're probably looking at two or three weeks, maybe, yeah, two, three, four weeks. So maybe if you rule out August, I would say he'd be back by September. I think he'd be fully up and running 
um, ready to go in September. So he might get some game time before then, um, I think by September. So if you, if you rule out the first couple of weeks, um, and then he'll be slowly introduced um, back into the team. Fair enough. So you think that Kolak has that striker slot nailed for at least the first five or six game weeks? Yeah, yeah. Roof's injured as well, and Sakala can't really hold that spot on his own. Um, so Kolak, you know, he's a big guy. He's good in the air, good in the ground. Um, I think he will fill in that spot quite well. So to get a Rangers... Rangers striker for five and a half million um, is is a bargain in my eyes. Now there is the, the dilemma that if Morales comes back and takes his spot, it's going to be difficult to to make up the price difference. But that's possibly when you might look to get Yomas instead and 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 so cash in there. But to start with, I think he is one of the first names um, on the fantasy team sheets that if he's playing. Get him down there. His, his price mixed with the role that he has makes it a no-brainer for me. Fair enough. Okay, I think the final position we we are yet to cover is Matondo. Um, tell me about it. Like he's completely <laughs> unknown to me. Yeah, and and he's on un, the unknown to the majority of Scottish football and Rangers fans included. But from what I've seen from him, he is an exciting dynamic. Um, winger um, obviously was, was out in Germany he's been dubbed the fastest man in football I think his speed over 20 yards is quicker than Usain Bolt so I expect some exciting things for him the rumour at the moment is that he's got a slight niggle and they might not risk him for Livingston which is understandable given the plastic pitch so that's one that you might just want to look for the team news um, so you've got Scott Wright um, could deputise there but he's an exciting player that I think will do well in Scottish football you know if he's running at defenders and um, cutting into the box and you know you could see a lot of opportunities being created by that pace and control so for me he is he is one to watch I've got him in my team at the moment um, ahead of Lawrence who I, I think is, is the the other option in the Rangers midfield. So if he doesn't start, he change for me. I can just quickly sub him out um, before the deadline get him in. But Ravi Matondo, I think, could be an exciting player uh, this season. Fair enough. So even though he's, I mean, it's only point two more expensive, but you would recommend him ahead of Lawrence. I I would, and I think it's just because he plays in that uh, the winger role. Um, he's got pace, and you know, similar to Kent, if he plays like Kent did in his first season, and that's the kind of thing that you're looking for. Um, so for me, it's almost just an anticipation, um, and excitement of having him in my team. It could be unfounded, and you know, <laughs> he could get injured or and just misfire. But for me, I think he is one to watch. I think he. He could be could be a good player for us. Fair enough. Right, let us quickly move on to set pieces, and I think this is where one man just sort of takes the show for Rangers here. If I'm right in saying, yeah, I think Captain Tav um, takes corners, takes penalties, can hit a good free kick, undisputed in that. Um, categories he's the first name on any team sheet 
captain pretty much every other week. Um, he's, he's a must-have. You're not going to have to have any on your team. There's probably no point in playing the game. Um, he is that good. And word is he's away to sign a new contract. So we could have him for a little bit longer as well. So that's something to look forward to. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I just think even though he's like he's more expensive than Ken and he's a defender, he gets midfield returns for a defender and he'll get the yeah. clean sheets. So like just his assists and obviously penalties. Being an, an old farm team, we do get more penalties uh, than, than most teams. And with VAR, that could only that could only increase. But he has got a good record from the spot. You know, he will miss from time to time. Don't get me wrong, but from a Scottish from a Scottish football point of view, he's a must-have. And he shot it in Europe as well. You know, although he did score some penalties, he did score. Um, from from in play as well, so he he is a you know complete footballer in that respect, and um, he's not a penalty merchant. He he has got the complete game, um, and for me, you know, he's player of the season before the season even starts. He, yeah. he is that good. I mean, I, I've got it up here. Um, last season in the Premiership, he only missed one penalty, mm-hmm. um, and then you also do have to take into consideration his. Um, assists that you'll get from free kicks and corners yep. and then just his regular goals because he scored quite a few from open play as well yeah he, make, he makes late runs in the back post and he will pop up and he, he he is he is good i mean i know i'm blowing his trumpet but there won't be a single team in the top 50 mega league that won't have him captain week in week out it's, you know he's the go-to player mr fantasy football yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, um, we'll do the flip side of the the um, set pieces. Then, who do you think is the target for said set pieces? So, obviously, your, your centre backs with, with the height and the power. So, Golden, Suter, and Davies, if he plays, and um, they're always going to be in about there. Uh, Morelos, if he comes back, is, is dangerous. If, Mel- if Morelos takes off. He's a problem for most defences um, in the league. Um, he's always exciting to watch. Um, so he's good. Lawrence, I said, I've got high hopes from. I think he could blossom um, in that number 10 role. Player that we've not really mentioned um, is the boy Tillman that we've got on loan from Bayern Munich. You know, this is a guy that's played Champions League matches um, for Bayern. So he has got a good pedigree. Um, and I think he could do well. It's just seeing how the team pans out. A lot of new faces, a lot to fit in. And with Europe, you will see a lot of rotations. So keeping that in mind, you know, just when you get the team news, look out for it and base your team accordingly. Because with the amount of teams that you have in each league, you might have to do a few updates um, when that team news comes out. So you're going to be short on time. But... Um, yeah, I think th- those are the, the main men in the, in the attacking positions as far as I see it. Fair enough. Right. Okay, let's quickly move on to the fixtures. Again, similar to the conversation with Josh, I don't think it's too long a conversation. Um, I think maybe the only fixture to be wary of is the Livingston fixture first game of the season. Yeah, that's that's one that can trip most teams up. Celtic have probably got a worse record 
um, over there than we do. But just because of the nature of the pitch um, and the style that they play, they're usually a well-organised team. Um, they can cause problems. But I think first game of the season, we should come out. We should have enough to beat them. And then you go on a run of Comarque, St Johnston. Well, there shouldn't be any issues there. Uh, Hibs Ross County, again, there shouldn't be any issues there. So by the time the Celtic game comes around, you know, they could potentially be undefeated, um, having scored a lot of goals, hopefully kept some clean sheets. Um, and, you know, they shouldn't fear um, going to Parkhead. So, but then saying that, Celtic have got an equally good run of fixtures as well. So there's no reason why they can't be undefeated by the time that game comes around. Yeah, uh, I to, mean, yeah, to, to, to sort of ditto your point, I think. I would argue Celtic have the tougher. They do play Aberdeen and Hearts in that time, but both of those games are at home. Yeah. And Robbie Nielsen is no masterclass when it comes to the old firm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if you just stuck your armband on Tavernier, you're probably not going to do That's too bad. That's a plan. <laughs> That's a plan. The only thing, and again, we'll go for a lot of teams in this first um, quarter of the season, there's going to be Champions League qualifiers, Europa League qualifiers um, before the group stages even start. So injuries, rotation will be one thing. So that's that's the one thing that Rangers will have that Celtic won't have is we'll have these preliminary games, potentially four games plus the the League Cup game before the the Champions League starts. So Celtic won't start Champions League until. September, whereas we'll have already played hopefully four qualifying legs um, over that time. So just keep an eye out for that. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, as I said, I think if you captain Tav and then left on him for those five game weeks, you're probably going to get a good points haul. I can yeah. I can easily see him getting a penalty at Kilmarnock. And then an yep. assist or two. I, I did. Yeah, well, hey, even Livingston, I, I, you can almost guarantee you'll get a penalty that first game of the season. And then it just kicks on from there. So, um, you know, I think you get team news every week for Rangers, um, the way that the fixtures are panning out. Mm-hmm. Um, although some of these might be moved to Sunday um, because of Europe. But any anytime you get early team news, jump on it, make sure all your players are playing. Um, and, and go for it but yeah Tav's probably going to be your captain every single one of those till it gets to the old firm and even then you can still captain him if you're feeling lucky enough um, that's to come mm-hmm. fair enough um, right okay I'm going to, I'm going to make you exclude Tavernier from this discussion then mm-hmm. can you give us three Rangers picks uh, yep, I would go with Lawrence, Matondo, and probably Yilmaz when he is fully integrated into the team. So until then, Kolak. So I'll give you four. Kolak will start up front uncontested, um, and that can't be overlooked with the fixtures that we've just talked about. Matondo Lawrence, I think, are exciting. They're they're filling a spot that we lacked last year in that sort of back up to your centre forward. And I think Yilmaz, if he is the real deal, which I have no reason to suggest that he won't be, um, I think he can really 
do a Tavernier role on the other wing. So I would say those are the ones to watch from my point of view. Fair enough. Right, I think that is everything I need from you. So again, thank you very much for coming on. No, you're welcome. Good luck with the season ahead. Yes, likewise. So that was my interview with Donny. Um, I hope you found it insightful. I mean, I think it goes without saying that get to, get to have an ear in your teammate. Um, but apart from that, there's a few sort of outside picks. I do like the look of Cholak, and then, um, and then hopefully by the time that Morelos is returning, Yilmaz is more of a mainstay in the first team. So I think that could be a very very good option to immediately switch to. Anyway, moving on, in the next interview, as I said at the start, I do have FFS Whiskey. I think St. Mirren are a funny team. They've got a few like good, cheap options that we do discuss, but they've also not looked fantastic. So I, I do feel that there could be a few gems in there, but you do have to be wary. Anyway, I'll leave that up for us to discuss in the interview. So in this section, I'll be talking to Jack. Uh, you probably know are more familiar with his Twitter at handle at FFS underscore whiskey. So I'll quickly let him introduce himself. Yeah, hi. Um, I just thought I'd come on for a bit to talk about St Mirren since I'm the resident expert apparently in the community. There is not too many of us that support St Mirren and there's even less that do the fantasy football. So yeah, just thought I'd give my thoughts on it. Um, I might be doing a little injuries list for this year as well, so we'll see if I can get that up and running. But I don't really have much to promote, <laughs> I won't lie. Ah, fair enough. So if you're wanting anything, St. Mirren, go to you. Pretty much. There's, like I say, there's not many of us. Yeah. So as has been the case with everyone we got you to send in uh starting lineup and again we'll start from the back so in goals you've sent carson slash arminsky can you sort of yeah um so i think i mean carson was meant to be our first choice uh and we signed him specifically this summer to be that as a replacement for jack Anik. um but he's, he's got his cell injured. He's got blood clots within his leg and we have no idea how long he's going to be out for. Um, it could be a sort of fix within a weekend uh, thing or it could be he's out for the season because I think he's, he's, he's quite old. He's at least over 30. So this could be him finished, which is why I've said, yeah, it could be Arminsky as well. Um, he's sort of up and coming. He's been at St Mirren for, I think, two, maybe three years now. Um, good keeper. He's played with the B teams a fair bit. Uh, very, he's a huge keeper. He's like seven foot eight, but uh, I think he might be coming in if Carson is out. We are also in the sort of the running for getting in McCrory from Rangers on loan, but then again, St Johnson are also interested. So, and they've obviously just lost Sander Clark, so not sure where he he will end up and. If he doesn't come to St Mirren, I reckon it will be between Arminsky and uh, Dean Linus as well. So, so if you were to... Let's just... Screw it. Let's say um, McCrory does go. You've got McCrory, Linus and Arminsky. Who do you think will start? 
That's a good question. I don't know, honestly. Uh, Linus used to be, he was our second choice last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but Arminsky has been playing uh, cup games instead of Carson and instead of Linus. So he's obviously favoured above Linus at the moment. I think McCrory would probably edge it. Um, okay. But I'd, I'd quite like to see Arminsky given a shot because ah. he's young. He's been playing a few, a few games for the B team. He's had a couple chances in the first team, I reckon. He's, 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 it's his time to have a shot. Fair enough. I mean, if I think that's probably a situation to keep an eye on, but if you're getting a starting goalkeeper, I mean, I don't know how solidly defense, solid defensively St. Mirren are, but two million, go, uh, two million for a, a starting goalkeeper is nothing to turn your nose up at. Exactly. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and Linus is the, the same price as our Minsky, both two million, I believe. Yep. Um, Okay, so that, I mean that that was some interesting picks, and then even if McCrory does come in on his favourite, he's only two point three million. So again, not very expensive Aye. for for a Saint Mary goalkeeper. Exactly. Yeah. Right. We will move on to defence, and you've gone with a back four of Tanzer to start at left back. He was a bit of a fantasy football, not not necessarily a darling, but he was well known in the fantasy football community for the fact that he used to bomb forward. Is that going to be the case this season, or is it different under Robinson? So, Goodwin's tactic last year was effectively give the ball to Tanzer, and Tanzer will cross it into the box. It's not going to be as much like that anymore. Um, he's playing for it back. And I think that the wing, the, the fullbacks, are going to have to do their defensive duties as well. So, Tanzer will be getting you know, it's a fair bit, but not as much as last season. I think he'll still get a few goals, a few a few assists in him as well. Fair enough. And then at right back, you've got Fraser. Would you consider him really worth owning? Or if you were to pick a wing back, pick Tanzer? Uh, if you were to pick a wing back, pick Tanzer. But Fraser is a solid player. And he's, uh, he's got centre-back and his Arsenal as well, so he can play centre-back or right-back, and actually left-back as well, so if you're wanting consistency and definite starts, it, Fraser's probably your best bet, or at least uh, he's, he's most likely to be the one slotted into the St. Marion defence if, if anything goes wrong. Tanzer, if he's fit, basically he's the option to go for. Right, okay, and then your centre-backs, you've listed Shaughnessy, as one of the starters, and then in the other centre back position, you've got Galcher and Dunn. Uh, yeah. two point six million. Um, Shaughnessy's the he's half a million less than Galcher, and he's only point one, point two more expensive. No, point one more expensive than uh than Dunn. So would would you say that if you were to pick one of the centre backs, it would be Shaughnessy? Uh. Oh, aye, I'd say so. So, so Gallagher, he's overpriced, quite simply. Um, very good player. Don't get me wrong. Glad we've got him, but I don't think he'll be in my fantasy team at any point in the season. Sean say, well, he has played, I think, almost every minute of our last two seasons, um, in the league. So he's, I mean, he's consistent. He's always there. He is our captain, after all. Um, and last year he also got four goals to go with it, uh, so so he's definitely 
the centre back to pick. Dunn, Dunn is a bit up and down. Sometimes he's great, sometimes he's rubbish. I'll be staying away from him as well. Fair enough. Okay. And then in midfield, you've gone for you well, you've gone for four three three with a defensive midfielder and Erehon. Would I be correct to sort of brush over him as a fantasy football aspect, or do you think he could pick up tackle and pass points, or is he not even sort of that? I of uh, I think he probably get a. I mean, he's a good passer of the ball. Um, I wouldn't say he's he's not a a big solid sort of like CDM. You know, he's he's probably about. I reckon he's just under six foot odds and, and not too large. He's not gonna. He's not a scary CDM like we had in uh, I don't know Gogic last season for a little bit. So I think he's more of a sort of he's trying to pull the strings in the midfield. So I think he may get some good uh, uh, assist points, or at least I know he don't get secondary assists, but he'll be he'll be a creative player and not just there to win the ball. Um, mm-hmm. I'd skip over him for fantasy football, at least for just now. He's not really a goal scorer. Um, he's had a couple, don't get me wrong, but I'd, I think there's better options as well. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Okay, so then moving forward on to the two more offensive midfielders. Uh, you've gone for the two starters as O'Hara and Kilty. Um, O'Hara's priced at 3.4 million, which is a pretty cheap midfielder. Would you recommend him to anyone? So, O'Hara uh, played under Robinson at Motherwell, mm-hmm. and he's obviously just been signed back by him at St Mirren, so they obviously have worked together before, and they know each other as uh, a sort of work relationship so so they know how to work together he, he should know how to get the best out of them mm-hmm. um it looks like that's the case so far because he's been playing all of our pre-season in our cup games and uh he's, he's got himself two goals i uh, two goals to go with it mm-hmm. um so from midfield you know that's not a bad return at all i i, I do think that's a good price point 3.4 million for him yep I mean, two goals in preseason is nothing to turn your nose up at. Uh, Kilty, however, is so. So O'Hara is at three point four million. Kilty's three point eight, and again, he was one of the more selected uh, Saint Mirren players due to his goal scoring record from last season. Do you think that will still hold up this season, or do you think that's again uh, a a goodwinism that's no longer going to happen under or under Robinson? So I uh, uh, I remember like I think it was maybe first season of fantasy football. Kilty was playing with Kelly, and uh, he was a good player to have that year. Mm-hmm. Um, then came to Aaron, quite surprisingly, I think, because there was a lot of teams interested in him, and he's been all right since. But that's only from a sort of bird's eye view that you see that it looks like he's been okay. I can tell you that whenever he plays. And left wing or centre mid, he's no one near as good as he is when he's playing Cam. So without Ronan, if you remember we had Connor Ronan last year, he was our centre attacking mid and he was obviously exceptional. Um, so Kelty was sort of forgotten about, pushed out to the side or another position. Um, I think this year if we do play Cam at any point, Kelty will be our man and he'll do well in there. 
but it looks like we're doing four three three with a, a CDM and two centre mids. So Kilty probably one to avoid, but Matt might come back uh, to bite me in the, bite me in the bum because if we start playing with a cam or, or sort of someone just behind the striker, he will he will do well. I mean, do you do you even see this four three three sort of having? One defensive midfielder, one centre midfielder, and sort of Kilty being allowed to have the license to go a little bit further forward, or has preseason has he sort of been held back closer to the centre of the park? It will be sort of held back. It should be he's the sort of creative one that you put in front of two workers, um, and if you put him as part of a three in the midfield, he'll have to be one of the workers, so he's not going to get to express himself and you know do. Great guilty things. Um, so I don't see him having the best of seasons in the current system. But he is a good player, don't get me wrong. So he could prove me wrong with that. Uh, fair enough. Um, then on to the front three. You've got uh, Olesanya as your left winger. Um, Grieve I think Olesanya is on right winger. Oh, sorry, oh, left. sorry, sorry. Oh, sign at right wing, grieve at left winger, and then Ayung up top. I think we'll we'll start with the um the elephant in the room, who is Ayunga. He's priced at three point seven million, and he's playing out of position. He's listed as a midfielder in the game. Would you recommend having him in your team for the time being, or do you think that this is only temporary? So. I think he's a good option right now. Um, he has so far he's got three goals in preseason and and the cup. Uh, so he's obviously settling in quite from this summer. Um, he is playing central um, mm-hmm. of the front three. I'm not sure whether or not he will be playing there for the full of the season. Bear in mind because. We do have Brophy and Main out with injuries just now. They've not been taking part at all in any preseason or cup games. So that is Brophy, I think, as our main striker. And when he comes back, he'll be straight up to the front. Um, unless Ayunga keeps going as he is scoring. I mean, he scored some good goals as well, and he scored three of them. So he's doing well. He's doing well, and I do think that being a midfielder in the game, um, I mean, it's it's wrong, so it's great, because 3.7 million it is a little bit much, perhaps, for, a, for a, a budget midfielder. You know, he's not an enabler of any kind, but he's a solid player, and I, th- I mean, he's, had, he's been in a couple of my drafts already, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think he's one to look out for. Okay, then. So let's say Brophy and or Main come back and they're ahead of the pecking order. Do you see him moving out to a winger position or an attacking midfield position? Or do you think that'll just be him completely dropped? So I believe he has played... He plays striker and I think it's right wing as well that he plays. Um, And by stats-wise, he has got better stats from right wing than he does from striker. Um. Not entirely sure how that's happened because he looks like a proper striker. Um, so so perhaps it will be once Brophy and Main come back, it will be Brophy sort of up front um, with then 
Ayunga or Osanya battling it out for right wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, two very different players. Uh, Osanya looks quite tricky with, mm-hmm. uh, with the ball. Wants to the, always take on a man. Uh, likes a step over, put it that way. Uh, whereas Ayunga looks like a, a finisher. Um, mm-hmm. So not, not entirely sure what will happen, but I think they'll all be involved and some capability throughout the season. There's no defined starter. There's definitely going to be a battle for it, which is it's good for a, for a fan's point of view. But from fantasy football, it's, it's you got to keep an eye on it, put it that way. Fair enough. So would you recommend not even having Brophy or Main at the start of the season just because of the potential injury issues? Well, I, um, I didn't know that they were injured until... I didn't see them on any of the preseason or any of the training, any of the the cup games. Mm-hmm. Um, I would avoid them. To be fair, even if they were fit, I'd also probably avoid them. I can't quite remember the prices of them at the moment. I know main is less than Brophy, but uh, I think Brophy's, so Brophy's up there at about five million. Yeah, Brophy's at four point eight and four point eight, and main is at four point three. Aye. Um, I would avoid Main. He's a, he's a. I think he's got a good player in him, but I mean, bear in mind he also did play under uh, Robinson at Motherwell, I think. Um, yep. So he, he could, we could be seeing the best of him uh, coming up. I think he's yep. a worker, to be fair, and he works well in a front two with the Green Trophy. It's the sort of natural goal scorer and main just causes problems for the defence. So uh, it's un- unsure whether or not we'll see the best of them since we're not playing a front two. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go for main. Brophy, Brophy's a good player. I think he'd, he he will come good. He, you know, he's all right so far. He's, he's, he's not scoring 20 goals a season. But yeah. no one is, to be fair. This 20-goal season striker is doesn't exist Um, I think Brophy's a good player. He's got a good shot on him, good finisher. Yeah, I'd stay away from him just now. But if he hits form, there's there's not much you can do to stop him. Fair enough. Right, I think we've spoken up about your strikers. We will speak about Grieve and Olesanya next. Um, I actually started with Grieve because he's... 4.2 million and you've got him playing out on the on the right uh, on the left on the left even oh my god I've got this I've got my paper upside down so yeah you've got Kelty <laughs> uh, Grieve out playing on the left and Kelty is sort of penciled in below him how likely is Grieve to score a goal because realistically in, in the game he's listed as a forward mm-hmm. do you think 4.2 million is worth it for a player who's got competition for his space and he is playing in a sort of wider position. Um, so he is playing left wing for the most part. Mm-hmm. I I see him as he's a sort of he's a he's a very smart player uh, up front. So you, you can see that he knows what he's doing up there. Mm-hmm. Um, always in the right position. Always wanting to try something different. Um, it's he's he's a joy to watch. I won't lie, but. Right now, he is playing left wing because we've got a lot of competition up at, at striker. He's yeah. a right-footed player, so I think he'll be playing as a sort of inside forwards. Um, you know, make, making runs in through to the box and you know taking shots on as well. Um, 
4.2 million, I think, is a fair price for him. Uh, because especially if he hits form, you know, if he makes that role his own, which he, he has played there before, if he makes that role his own and he starts scoring or, or getting assists, 4.2 million is a good price for him. So mm-hmm. definitely keep an eye on him. Um, he's not going straight into my team from from day one, but once again, if he hits form, that's a that's a nice re-entry point for a sort of. He's a, I'd say he's a budget striker, four point two million. It's not expensive. Um, sort of, I de- definitely a good option. Fair enough. And then on the other side of that, you've got Olasanya, who's four. He, he's listed as a forward, and he's only three point five million. Have you? Would you consider him at all? Uh, absolutely. Um, and it, uh, he's an enabler. Basically, he he'll he'll let you have big hitters in other areas, whilst mm. also getting some game time. Um, maybe good for sort of keeping on the bench and using a bench trick player because um, he looks like a, a tricky player. Mm-hmm. So that's something that St. Mary don't generally have. I think the last one we had of that was McGrath was fairly tricky to be fair. Um, good, good player. You want to give him the ball, basically, and and I like that because we, we don't generally have that. So hopefully that gives us some sort of attacking threat because I think for the past, well, for my lifetime, basically, we've, we've not been this, the goal scoring team in any division. So maybe that will change with a, a bit of a, a different character up front. Um, three point five million. It's it's only point two above like the, the threshold for that area. Uh, the minimum spend, so absolutely an option, especially for a budget striker. Uh, he'll be in my team if it gets to the point where I want to get big hitters elsewhere. But I mean, he, he is in my team for just now. Fair enough. Right, I think that's I spoke enough about the team. Shall we quickly move on to the set piece takers? Who who's on the corners and who's on direct and indirect free kicks for Saint Mirren? So for corners, it will probably be Tanza for the most yep. part. Um, but I do think that there's a couple that can take the corners. So there's Tanza will be the main one, I reckon. Um, mm-hmm. Flynn takes corners sometimes. Kelty takes corners. Um, I have also seen Grieve take corners a couple times, but I w- I would say that. That Tanza and probably Kilty are our main two for corners. Okay, and then who are like the big target men that are being looked for when these corners are being taken? So it will be Shaughnessy's always up there. He yeah. like season all from headed efforts. Um, so, sorry, can you repeat that? You uh, you dropped out for like three or four. Sorry, seconds. I. That's fine. Um, uh, so so that would be Joe Shaughnessy. Is um, he's a he's a target man up in the box from corners because he's a good header on him. Um, mm-hmm. he scored he scored four last season. I think three of them were for, from corners. Um, nice. and and also. And in Goodwin's system, if we were losing and it was like you were chasing a goal in the last 10 minutes, Shaughnessy actually used to play up front, uh, believe it <laughs> or not. So, uh, 
I don't think you but I do. I think we, it was Mirren were away to Hibs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember if it was last season or before, but Curtis was up front in the last couple of minutes mm-hmm. and he scored an equaliser to get us to two <laughs> each. Um, so he's, he's got that striker's instinct. I think he's he's an out-of-position striker, I tell you. He should be playing <laughs> up front. But um, uh, sure to um, not seen too much of him so far, but mm-hmm. uh, you know he might be the sort of same. He's a big defender after all. Uh, Done same again, just a big defender, and then I'd say younger and Main are the two strikers that I'll sort of you know, target for all the job. Fair enough. Okay, then moving on to penalties. Considering that. Uh... I think it was Brophy that was on penalties last season. Considering he's injured, who would you say would be taking them? Um, so I, it was a mix of Brophy and, and Ronan last uh, last season. Mm-hmm. So for now, not entirely sure, but we don't we don't necessarily have a, a step penalty taker right now. It does depend on sort of who wins it because some some people just claim it. And Kilty has taken a couple before. Mm-hmm. Um, Grieve might fancy it. You know he's he, he's a finisher after all. He's he's a good. He knows where the goal is. So Grieve might be up there. I do think when Brophy is back and playing, he'll be on them. But for yeah. now, um, I reckon those two that I've mentioned, Tanzer actually, Tanzer takes penalties. Not necessarily during the game for the most part, but if it's a penalty shootout, Tanzer will be on it um, quite quickly. So mm-hmm. you know that 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 adds to his case of having him in your lineup as well. Fair enough. Um, okay, so I think that's everything we need to sort of talk about with regards to the t- the the like players in the team. Uh, the opening six games. Um, Start off at home to Motherwell and then away at Aberdeen. I would imagine those are pretty close. Uh, aye, so so with our St. Motherwell team, <laughs> we're away to... Uh, sorry, is it home to Motherwell? I think it's yeah, home, home to Motherwell in yeah. the first game, aye. Um, it should be a close game. Um, good depends whether or not we've... we've gelled as a team by that point because I think I think what Robinson is doing is good. I just don't think we're quite there yet. There's, there's a few kinks to, to iron out. Well, there's a fair few of them, I won't lie. I think he will come good. Some people are not happy with him. Some people are already calling for his head. You should see this at Marin Facebook group. It's not positive right now. Um, but they're always angry. I think he's got a good system. It worked at Motherwell. He's got his players in and he's got good players at that as well. It will come good. Um, against Motherwell, I think we stay away. We've got Celtic in week eight, game week eight. So mm-hmm. we don't see either of the old firm up until then. I reckon for, for the first six game weeks, we have Motherwell, Aberdeen, Ross County, United, uh, Dundee United, Hibs and St Johnston, none of those are unwinnable for us. Um, yep. A couple are, are 
good solid games that we can get a few points on. It's a nice start to the season. Um, mm. I, I I'm quite happy with the the start to the season. I, I yeah. do think though it might be time to get up and running. Yeah, I mean that is. I think that's probably. Yeah, I think that could be a fair assessment. I mean, my biggest concern in the especially in the first five weeks has to be Aberdeen. They they've been looking good under uh, your favourite manager Jim Goodwin. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I have to agree. I think all of those games look winnable. I do, I can't say I know too much about Ross County since they've pretty much signed a new team again this year. They have, um, aye. But Motherwell currently toiling in Europe um, and they'll have a European <laughs> game next week. So they'll be coming off the back of a 90-minute a ninety-minute away game in Ireland. Uh, Aberdeen, still a bit of an unknown quantity. I, I do rate them highly. Then Ross County, again, another unknown, but I think St. Mirren are definitely a team that could go toe-to-toe with them and then United are another team who are potentially in Europe at that point so, so you do you potentially Aye. have some favourable ties in there and then game week 5 you've got Hibs who are a bit of a mess right now and then game week 6 you've got St Johnston so like at least four of those games I see being a good game for St Mary. I, like, I think there there is some there that they could lose but I think in the opening six games, I, I would argue nine points would be decent. I was thinking about that, yeah. You know, three wins out of those, that's solid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair enough. Um, would you recommend a double up a double up, or would you still recommend only having a single St. Mirren player? Only go for one. Definitely oh. just go for one for just now. Um, uh, like I say, Tandler, is a great option. Um, in pre-season, we have we've only gone two games pre-season and cup. We've only gone two games without conceding. Um, oh. So maybe not Tansel just now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would wait a bit for them to gel. I, I mean I will be waiting for them to gel for a little bit. I, I think a younger mm-hmm. is a good option. He won't get, you know, even if we do concede, doesn't matter for him. Uh, actually, that's not quite true, is it? He, he'll he's get a, one he's point. a midfielder, so he'll get one point. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, I'd, I'd stay away from, from defenders for just now. It will take us time to gel. Okay, I um, mean, that, that segues perfectly into the next section where if you were to pick three players, who would they be based on their price? St Mirren's attacking and defensive capabilities and how likely they're going to play Aye so a younger is in there absolutely um, mm-hmm. especially for the first little while uh, with with Brophy and Main being out there's there's not I say there's not too much competition up front we've got we've got a couple of young ones uh, coming through Kieran Offord and Lewis Jamieson both strikers mm-hmm. um, Robinson does like to bring through the youth and it's nice to see that that's happening so yep. it will be there will be no definite starter with with Goodwin for example season, it was a, you had your first London and if they were fit they were playing there was no there was no moving anyone around mm-hmm. um, but I think under Rob 
fantasy football. Sorry, so you, cut out, you just cut out for a bit there, talking about. Um, so he said, under Goodwin, you had a starting uh, line. They played. They played. Go from there. Uh, okay, so under Goodwin, there was a. Uh, you had your starting 11 players and, and they played every game if they were fit. Um, but under under Robinson, I think that it would be more varied. There would be more rotation going around and, and you have to give it to youth players as well, like Gofford and, and Jameson as well. Okay. Um, so, so, so a younger... A younger? It's one of my three. Okay. Number um, two? I would go for Tanzer as well. Because okay. he's an attacking threat from defence, so yep. I, I think well that's that's where most of the points are from in fantasy football. You yep. know, you look at Tavernier, um, and my final choice would probably be O'Hara just now. Actually, yeah, it would be O'Hara, but Grieve is just behind. So right, okay, uh, so top so three: Scott Tanza, O'Hara, and Anga. Uh, Fair enough, and then a grieve is a very close fourth. Aye. Right, fair enough. Right, thank you so much for coming on, and good luck with the rest of your season. Lovely. Thank you. Cheers. So that was my interview with um, Jack. Uh, I hope you found it interesting. I, I think it, him speaking about Ayunga as if he is definitely replaceable by Brophy kind of has me a bit worried, but I guess that's a hurdle you can cross when you get there. Um, but I, I do still think there's a, a couple of picks to be had. Um, anyway, I do have to thank both of them for coming on. You can find Jack or FFS Whiskey on Twitter at FFS underscore Whiskey. And you can find Donny on Twitter at FFF, FFS underscore Donny. And you can find the podcast that he's on, the Half Hour Fantasy Podcast, at Fantasy Half on Twitter. And you can find their podcast pretty much anywhere that you listen to it. So go give them a listen, go follow their Twitters, etc., etc. And I will see you in the next episode.